love, courage, truth. Glenn Beck. This may be the hardest uh, decision of my radio career. Which stories are going to get on the train today? We have a trade war that is beginning. We have gun control that is getting very serious. We have Trump and Kim Jong-un meeting. We had a terror attack done by Russia in the UK. We have South Africa going into full-fledged race wars where they are going to seize the lands of white people and they are already starting to just slaughter white people. And we have Chai, uh, Chai Feldblum. I'm going to start there. The first, the first on the train, because it is something that we can actually change. This is something, if you stand up, will change. And if you don't stand up, we may lose the First Amendment protection on religion. Which is more important to Americans? Sexual liberty or religious liberty? And do you believe that there needs to be a choice between the two? Because I don't. But if we had to choose, I would say traditionally it would be religious liberty. Because that's why America was settled in the first place. That is the cornerstone of our Constitution. But that's my opinion. But it is definitely not the opinion of Chai Feldblum. Do not mistake Chai for somebody that will not affect your life. Do not mistake her for a Starbucks beverage either. She is a dangerous person that has been uh, appointed to a very dangerous position. Trump has appointed her to the EEOC, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. And we're just now noticing how radical she is. He appointed her in December. Chai likes to label herself as a lesbian with a crippling anxiety disorder. Now, this was before she mentioned her commission role. It's telling where her priorities are. This is a woman who is on the record saying things like, I'm having a hard time coming up with any case in which religious liberty should win. Sexual liberty should win in most cases. Quote, we should similarly not tolerate private beliefs about sexual orientation and gender identity. Quote, a law that permits no individual exception based on religious beliefs will be the least restrictive means of achieving the goal of liberty for gay people. The Republicans are not going to stand against this appointment unless you rise up. Chai is a government employee who lets her personal private sexual orientation affect every aspect of her professional work. It is highly unprofessional and not, not to mention unconstitutional. Why should one person with a very clear agenda be able to dictate how you run your business? Because this will change everything.
Trump has made some really great appointments throughout his presidency so far. But this is not one of them. And this must be stopped. We begin there right now. It's Friday, March 9th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Can you imagine... Can you imagine what would be said by the Republicans and the Senate if Barack Obama would have appointed somebody to the EEOC? Now, just so you know, the um, uh, the EEOC uh, wields power over property rights, social norms, and discrimination laws. It holds an unconstitutional quasi-legislative and quasi-judicial power to trump trump up, no, no pun intended, and adjudicate charges against businesses and colleges over quotas and discrimination. This will change everything. If you're religious and you believe one thing and it causes you to do, let's say, what Dix is doing, Taking something that everybody has access to, but Dix has decided that people under 21 should not have the constitutional right. If it's based in religion, you will not win. If it's based in political correctness, you will. Listen, I want you to listen to these full quotes. When religious orientation... I'm sorry, when sexual orientation and religious freedom come into conflict, I'm having a hard time coming up with any case in which religious liberty should win. Sexual liberty should win in most cases. There can be a conflict between religious liberty and sexual liberty, but in almost all cases, the sexual liberty should win because that's the only way the dignity of gay people can be affirmed in any realistic manner. Now, I want you to understand something really clearly. I have no problem with homosexuals having all the rights and living and working and everything else. They're people. They're people that just live a different way than I do. What's the big deal? Let it go, people. However, just like I'm not going to force them to live a certain way, they cannot force others to live a certain way. We have got to, you know, there is no idea. There is no idea that should be terrifying. There are no people with ideas that are terrifying. What terrifies me in today's world are people with ideas that believe that only their idea is the right idea. Only their idea is the one that should be heard and discussed and is valid. Those people And that idea scares the hell out of me. If we want to be a free society, then we must start taking responsibility of our own lives. We have to stop blaming everyone else for our mistakes. We have to stop blaming everyone else for our problems. We need to take responsibility for our own life. And then on top of it, we must start 
to tolerate one another. Quote, just as we do not tolerate private racial beliefs that adversely affect African-Americans in commercial arenas, even if such beliefs are based on religious views, we should similarly not tolerate private beliefs about sexual orientation and gender identity that adversely affect the ability of LGBT people to live in the world. For all my sympathy for the evangelical Christian couple who may wish to run a bed and breakfast from which they can exclude unmarried straight couples and gay couples, the point where I believe the zero-sum nature of the game inevitably comes into play and in making the decision in this zero-sum game, I am convinced society should come down on the side of protecting the liberty of LGBT people. Notice she leaves out the unmarried couple here as well. I believe granting liberty to gay people advances a compelling government interest. The government has no interest except protecting the rights of all of its citizens. Government was established to protect those rights. And when that government becomes hostile, hostile to that purpose, it is the people's right and responsibility to abolish such government. That's a butchering off the top of my head of the Declaration of Independence. That's the only reason. That's the only interest the government has. But I believe granting liberty to gay people advances a compelling government interest that such an interest cannot be adequately advanced if pockets of resistance to a societal statement of equality are permitted to flourish. And hence that a law that permits no individual exceptions based on religious beliefs. Let me say that again. A law that permits no individual exceptions based on religious beliefs will be the least restrictive means of achieving the goal of liberty for gay people. This is the nominee for the EEOC. I have received messages from people in the Senate who have said, Glenn, the GOP is not going to stand up. And we're being crushed by the GOP. We are standing up saying, wait, wait. We would have never accepted anything like this. It is going to, her nomination is going to go through unless you stand up. This changes everything. She has quasi-legislative powers. She will have quasi um, um, uh, judicial powers where she can adjudicate cases in the EEOC. If you thought the wedding cake thing was a problem, you haven't seen anything yet. The GOP would, would be going crazy, crazy, if this was if this person was appointed and I would expect it to be appointed from Hillary Clinton and we would stand up and fight it. But we're not. 
because no one wants to stand up against their own party. It is imperative for religious liberty for her to be stopped. Please prove those naysayers wrong that <clears throat> under a Hillary administration, the GOP would provide balance and stop crazy things. But under a GOP administration, they won't stop them. Prove that wrong. Stand up and get your senators to say no to this nomination. Just looking through the Constitution here, I, I'm, I'm finding the religious liberty part of it, but the sexual liberty, I think, has been deleted from my copy. No, it's not um, there. I just don't see it. It is not there. The only because sexist mention is you can't stop people from voting uh, you, by and, a sex. And you don't. We're not even talking about LGBT. <laughs> we're talking now also she's including gender identity. That is, I've decided I feel more like a woman than a man. Okay, you can say that all you want, but I do not have to conform. All right. Do you want your home sold on time and for the most money without all kinds of excuses? Then I need you to I need you to uh, listen just, just for a second here. We have about a thousand real estate agents all around the country, and they have been hand selected. They are people that have a great track record. Um, they're the best at selling homes in their area. Um, they all listen to the program. They, they're, they're, you know, their word is their bond. They, they, they're cut from the same cloth as you are. You need a real estate agent that you know. When it comes to selling your house, I don't know who to get for a real estate agent. Who do I get? I don't know. Realestateagentsitrust.com will help you. If you're looking to sell or to buy Real Estate Agents I Trust. Go there now. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Sell your home on time and for the most amount of money and the least amount of worry. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. This, this religious liberty thing is, man, go back, please, 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 please. Go back and watch today's, uh, or this week's, what was it, Tuesday and Wednesday episode of our 5 o'clock show on TheBlaze.com. TheBlaze.com slash TV. They're on demand right now, and uh, it's free. You just, you just, I don't even know. I think you put in your email address, and you can watch it for free, and you can watch it for a week. But watch those two shows, please. Um, and tell your friends to watch those shows down of how our, our bill of rights is being violated right now and has been violated for the last 20 years at least. But we've laid out a case, every single one, including the quartering of soldiers. We have found two different ways. And quite honestly, my theory on the, on the third amendment, I think is absolutely correct. The Third Amendment is the Forgotten Amendment. Oh, they're going to quarter soldiers. Well, why did they? Why did? They, why is that in there? That's in there because the king. It's followed by the Fourth Amendment. You're securing your papers, persons, and property. The king without. 
and without war would just come in and say, oh, these soldiers have to live with you. And their job was to spy on you. Their job was to to look at all of uh, all of this and say, what are they doing? Go through their papers. So that's the third and fourth. What is the NSA doing? What is try this one on for size this week? The FBI has been in cahoots with Best Buy's Geek Squad for the last decade. According to new documents obtained by the Electronic Frontier Foundation via the Freedom of Information Act, an FBI memo obtained by the nonprofit Digital Rights Group reveals that Best Buy in September 2008 hosted a meeting of law enforcement agencies and their cyber working group at the Geek Squad repair facility in Kentucky. The memo indicates that the local FBI division has maintained a close liaison with the Geek Squad's management in an effort to glean um, initiations and to support the division's computer intrusion and cybercrime programs. The revelations of the FBI's relationship with Best Buy first surfaced last year um, uh, during a prosecution of a California doctor who was charged with profession, uh, p- possession of child porn after bringing his computer to Geek Squad for repair. Uh, this is uh, potentially circumventing computer owners' Fourth Amendment rights. In Wednesday, a statement to PC Magazine, Best Buy said that four of its Geek Squad employees may have received a payment from the FBI after turning over computers to the FBI. Now look, Something's got to be done because of child porn. Something is being done. We're doing it legally through OUR. We are doing everything we can legally. And we are winning this battle. If you are going to say something has to be done every time and you don't care what, re- what right is being lost, then we are lost as a nation. The Third Amendment of quartering soldiers, I contend the NSA is using digital soldiers. The NSA is in every single home in America going through our papers. Oh, they're not reading them. They are spying on every American in this country. That's the quartering of soldiers, and that's the least of your worries. Every single uh, amendment in the first 10 amendments are currently being violated. And it's why we have such chaos. Because we have made politics and politicians our God. These rights, these rights are what make you human. How is it that Kim Jong-il can get away with what he does? Kim Jong-un, how can he do this? Because the state tells you who's human and not as rights. How's China doing this? Because the state doesn't recognize human rights. It's what makes you human. I have certain rights that are inalienable. No one can take these away because I'm human. They're all being lost right now. And they're all being lost under the guise, we've got to do something. We do have to do things. We do have to improve. We do have to make sure that everyone, everyone has the right to live and be who they are. But not at the expense of other rights. Call your senator 
today. Call them today and stop this nomination. Glenn Beck, Mercury. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. When you think about what led to the rise of Hitler and the Nazis or the Soviet Union and Stalin or Mao in China, it's easy to look back and wonder how did people fall in line? How did this all happen? It's kind of like we were talking about yesterday with the, uh, the Netflix show, The Push. How do you get somebody to murder a, a innocent person in cold blood in 90 minutes? You have to start small. There's no way any of this could happen today. It's happening in South Africa. What's going on currently in South Africa mirrors the rise of every fascistic or Marxist totalitarian in the last 100 years to the letter. Last week, the South African parliament voted to confiscate land from the white farmers without compensation. The time for reconciliation is over. White farmers are about to have their property forcefully seized by government, rapidly headed towards racism, bigotry, and a race war. What is happening in South Africa should chill every person on earth to the bone. Much like the violent and anti-Semitic rhetoric from the German Workers' Party back in the early 20s, No one in South Africa over the past decade took the issue of land redistribution from white people seriously. And then a man named Julius Malma began proposing it around 2011. But back then, he was just a thug. People thought he was just a he was just a racist thug. In 2010, he was kicked out of his political party. He was indicted in in court for inciting violence towards white people. One particular political rally he attended, he led the masses gathered in the streets in a song called Kill the White Man. He spent some time in jail to cool off, except he formulated a kind of a manifesto while he was in jail. Gee, I wonder if that's ever happened before. (laughs) He took all of this and created his own political party called the Economic Freedom Fighters. Now, he's a Marxist. It's a Leninist Marxist group that advocates black nationalism. Nationalism is fine. You might think there is no way something like this could go mainstream. It is now the third largest political party in South Africa. Their political uh, 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 pull has grown so much that they were able to convince the entire parliament that we, quote, have to do something. And they did. They did that something that every one of them scoffed at just seven years ago. They're going down the road of Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe said, well, if the white settlers came here a couple hundred years ago and they just took the land from the black people, then we have the right to do that as well. Now, let's see how it worked out quickly for Zimbabwe. In 1997, before the seizures began, Zimbabwe's economy was one of the strongest in Africa. 
It was the breadbasket of Africa. Today, after the bloodshed, the horror, and the theft, it now relies on the international community for food for one quarter of the population. Zimbabwe consistently now has unemployment rates over 90%. The Zimbabwean government is considered to is considering retroactively compensating the white farmers with $11 billion. Several years after the farm seizures in 2000, Zimbabwe's economy is in ruins. The agricultural output is an absolute disaster. And now the new uh, Zimbabwean black farmer and farm owners are quietly reaching out to the white farmers who they didn't kill, but just threw off their land and saying, can we partner? Zimbabwe sees 35 million acres of white-owned land. But here's the thing. As all Marxist, Leninist revolutions do, they didn't give that land to the people. They instead gave that land because it was a rightful inheritance of the black man to have that land. Instead, Mugabe gave 40% of those 35 million acres to loyal cabinet ministers, senior army and government officials and judges. Oh, and he also took 6,500 acres himself. Seizing land and demonizing a select group of people, white, black, Straight, gay, Christian, Muslim, it doesn't matter. It is the playbook to power for fascist and radical leftists for decades. Horror and slaughter always follow. After Mao seized the farmland, he went on a mass killing spree because his starving people had to resort to cutting flesh off their own inner thighs and feeding it to their children. One of Mao's greatest admirers, maybe your kids have one of the T-shirts with his face on it, Che, marveled at the way land redistribution led to the furthering of social justice. Che's social justice to Cuban farmers ended up with them staring down the barrels of a firing squad. This is the direction that South Africa is going. On Sunday, the new president of South Africa voiced his plans, and he said, we're going to be disposing of the white politicians. Quote, we are starting with this whiteness. We are cutting the throat out of whiteness. Meanwhile, crimes against the white farm owners all across South Africa are getting worse and worse. On March 10th, 2017, a 64-year-old woman on a remote farm was assaulted during a six-hour-long attack. She was burnt with an iron, and a bag was pulled over her head in an attempt to try to smother her. Her feet were impaled with an electric drill, and the attackers threatened to cut off her legs with a grinding machine. In May 2016, a 68-year-old man was cruelly tortured with a towel that was pushed down his throat, and a piece of wire was wrapped around his neck to strangle him. He died during the attack. Boy, this sounds like the 1950s in America. Good! They deserve it! Is that what this leads to? 
in June 2016, a couple on a remote farm in northern South Africa was burnt with irons during an attack. Robert Lynn, 66, his wife Sue, 64, attacked on their farm. Two o'clock in the morning, February 19th, this last February. Robert was tortured with a knife on his back and his legs, and he was burnt on his feet, his legs, his stomach, with a blowtorch. The attackers left Robert in a field, and Sue was found next to the road where she was still alive with a plastic bag bound over her head. She later died in the hospital. I just got a note from a friend who said, Down the street where he lives, a 68-year-old farmer, a white guy, a mob came to his house. They dismembered him with his wife watching from a window in the house in horror. No help was coming. They had bars on the doors and the windows and she barricaded herself in and the mob surrounded her house and burnt it down to the ground with her inside. Boy, that sounds like Poland. No matter where you are in South Africa, you're in Iraq. No matter where you are, if you see your country going down these dark paths, you've got to stand. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a man who saw his own country deteriorate into evil and hate, said it best. Silence in the face of evil is evil itself. God is not going to hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. I, I, I ask you again today, I'm sorry to bring all this to you on a, this is just that's in front of me, the news today, and we're trying to get to all of it and make sense of it. Uh, and there's just some really pressing things today. You've got to call your senator. You've got to call your senator and stop this nomination from the, for the EEOC. This is going to change religious liberty and the First Amendment. It's dangerous. Please pray for those in South Africa and all around the world and learn the meaning and the value of our Bill of Rights. Simply Safe is the home security company that I highly recommend. I, I like these people. I've, I've watched them transform uh, from a, a group of 10 people to now the fastest growing home security company in the nation. They're now protecting over 2 million people. Why? Because their, their system is really good. It is inexpensive and it, it, there's no hype to it at all. It's just the real deal. The system has been completely now rebuilt and redesigned. They've just launched their new product. It's unbelievable. They've added safeguards to protect against power outages and down Wi-Fi and cut landlines. They've tried to destroy it, and they and it just holds up. It just keeps going. The all-new Simply Safe, redesigned to be practically invisible. It's really small, but really powerful sensors 
that uh, they they capture everything, including if somebody's coming in and breaks a window or something, it it starts the video and you now have who that is. So when the police are called by the system uh, and they arrive, if that person was scared off by the siren, they know exactly who it was. They have photos. Now, what's really remarkable with all this redesign and the years that it took to to work on this new system, and I know because I saw it three years ago, and it, it's not what it is now. They just kept working and working and working. The amazing thing is all of that uh, R&D that went into it, it's a still great, fair, and honest price. And 24-7 protection is only $15 a month. No contract, smaller, faster, stronger than anything they've built before, and you're in control of your own life simplysafebeck.com go there now to order that simplysafebeck.com and protect your family the simple easy and efficient way simplysafebeck.com glenn beck mercury glenn beck run Run when you hear somebody say something's got to be done. Run. I, I'm 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 really concerned uh, that the GOP is is not going to stand up against anything uh, that is uh, that is proposed because we don't want to rock the boat. We've got to stand for some principles, and and one of those is trade. This this trade deal. I'm sorry, but uh, Mr. President, please talk to some of the advisors and the and the thousands, hundreds of thousands of economists that can show you that uh, trade wars are not easy to win. And and it's it's not a good idea because it hurts the average person. And I, I understand how the average person. I mean, look. You're an average person who has not had a raise. You're not feeling the recovery and you feel like China is screwing us. Mexico is screwing. All these people are screwing us and you want something done. Okay. Well, we have to understand a couple of things. First of all, most of the jobs in the steel industry are not being taken overseas. They're being replaced by robotics. And that is something that we all have to deal with. And that's why I've been so big on AI and robotics, because you have to understand millions of jobs are going to be lost. And the and first, the politicians will point overseas, but that will be a lie. The second is they will start to point to Silicon Valley and they will say the robotics people are taking your job. Well, what are you going to do? You're going to stop progress. Some will say yes. Some will say yes. And I understand how frightening this is and how people are struggling. But what is being said by the steel or to about the steel industry is is not true. It is a power grab. When when somebody says this is a national security interest, I believe me, I've I've read the history of World War Two. If we didn't have the steel industry that we had, if we didn't have the manufacturing might and the uh, the the cheap energy that we had we would all be speaking german today so i understand that we have to have a steel industry and i have thought about this years ago when we were losing our steel industry but our steel industry went down and then recovered now it's never recovered the way it was it never will 
But right now, 70-some percent, what is the exact number, do you know? of 72.5%. Okay, so we only import about 25% steel. 75% of our steel is made here in America. Yeah, we're the fourth largest steel production country in right. the world. And, and if, even if you go back to the old days, we were second. And jobs are being lost because it used to take, I don't remember the exact number, 20 men to make a ton of steel. It now takes less than 10. It's like four or five, isn't it? Yeah. It's really, it's, you know, it's remarkable. It's amazing production. Because games. production is going up. Job numbers are going down. That's what we're going to face in all of our industries. Because technology is changing. The Pentagon has come out and said, look, out of, out of all the American steel made in a year, we meet all the needs that we have with only using 3% of that steel. That's from Mattis, by the way. Yeah. This is a power grab to get around Congress and the Senate. The Senate and the GOP has got to stand up for principles and constitutional powers. Glenn Beck, Mercury. Love, courage, truth. Glenn Beck. So, in a bizarre development, President Trump has agreed to meet with Kim Jong Un. You did hear that right. Apparently, it's not a joke, and I hope the president brings a taste tester with him. South Korean officials were at the White House to brief top administration officials about South Korea's recent talks in North Korea. Uh, and according to the South Korean officials, Trump agreed to meet Kim Jong-un said that he would halt nuclear test and move towards taking all of the nukes out of his country. They also said Kim Jong-un understood that joint U.S. South Korean military exercises will continue as planned. South Korean National Security Advisor announced the future meeting in a brief statement at the White House. He said Kim Jong-un express, expressed eagerness to meet President Trump as soon as possible. The White House said we don't have a you know meeting scheduled yet, but it soon will be. A report earlier yesterday said a letter delivered by the South Koreans to President Trump contained Kim Jong-un's message about getting rid of all of his nukes and wanting to meet with the president. A senior administration official later told reporters that Kim's message was verbally delivered by the South Korean officials during their Oval Office briefing with Trump. The same senior official tried to downplay the proposed meeting, saying... What we're talking about is an invitation by the leader of North Korea to meet face to face with the president of the United States. The president has accepted that invitation. In the meantime, the status of current sanctions and pressure remain unchanged. Trump said he thinks the North Koreans are sincere in their desire to meet. He credited our very strong, very, very strong sanctions and increased Chinese pressure. CNN was right that if he pulls this off, he will be remembered just for this alone as a great president. <laughs> However, in today's upside world, upside down world, I expect the Nobel Peace Prize to go to Kim Jong Un and not Donald Trump if it were achieved. But we've got a long way to go. No sitting U.S. president has ever met with a leader of North Korea. Former President Jimmy Carter did visit North Korea in 1994 and then hugged it out with Kim Il-sung. Uh, 
North Korea hinted around about freezing their nuclear weapons program back at that time as well. That was 24 years ago. Unfortunately, the most likely thing here is that the more things change, the more they stay the same in North Korea. It's Friday, March 9th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com is uh, joining us now. Bill, uh, first of all, you can't say anything but good things about this uh, development. I mean, it is because the president was so strong on North Korea that we've at least brought them to the table. But what do you make of this? Beck, you can't say anything bad about it. Well, what's MSNBC been doing all morning? They say that this is a farce and it's just to deflect their words away from Stormy Daniels. Okay, so hang on just a second. I don't want to talk about it. I don't care. I'm going to play you. I don't care about MSNBC. No, 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 but it's a bigger deal and you should care. Because this goes to the heart of information flow. Not everybody listens to Glenn Beck. Almost everybody. <laughs> and me, Bill O'Reilly. Almost everybody does. But not everybody. Well, I understand, okay? I understand that. But uh, here's, here's the thing. On this particular issue, yeah. um, you know, I've had people write to me. I've had family members write to me and say, what does this mean? What, what, what does this really uh, mean? I, I and I, I'd, I'd like to, I, I don't care about MSNBC. Here, here's, I know you don't care, and you're right not to care, <laughs> but it's bigger than them. Okay, all right. Because you so, have so, to understand so, something. They don't do stuff in a vacuum I know, over there. I know, I know. All right, they're, they're not ordered to do it, but every morning, and your audience should know this, every single morning there is a fact sent out to all the left-wing loons in the media. All right? And the fact says, here are our talking points today. Bing, 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 bing. All right? And then you can see it on, the, on television. There's very few left-wingers on the radio, so you don't hear it a lot on the radio. All right, what does this mean? So the, the key thing here is the Chinese whispered into the ear of Kim Jong-un that you better knock it off because it's bad for business. Our business, Chinese business, okay? The whole thing that you're doing here, trying to be a provocateur, trying to cause trouble, is hurting our business. And our business is not that good right now. <laughs> so communist China, their economy's not that great. They're not making China great again at this point, okay? They're not doing it because it's a billion and a half people, most of whom don't have electricity, and they get a little teed off about it over there in China. Okay? So China needs a robust, word of the day, <laughs> trade with the United States. How do you do that with Vietnam? A... They don't care about the other countries. They need robust trade with the USA to send us all the stuff they make. Trump is basically saying, look, you see this little steel boycott we're putting up here? This is just a signal to you guys. Pretty soon we're going to have a T-shirt and hat boycott. means we're not going to take your stuff. All right? That's why this is happening, Beck. It's a trade. All of this is tied into making China force this nut in North Korea to knock it off. So do, you believe, so do you believe that the trade war will be called off? Yes, I do. I don't, I don't even think it was ever going to be a trade war. 
all right, that Trump basically and his crew said, we're going to rattle some sabers. We'll rattle some sabers. So, Bill, we'll say, I want to yeah, say, we'll say we're going to do this. And then everybody will collapse and, and, and we'll get better parade deals. And then uh, I'll look good. And that's what happened. Uh, so do you so when will this trade war uh, when will we be able to declare victory and see that turn around? What would be well, the thing to give it a little time? Um, the North Korean thing is just a start. I assume they're going to meet on Chinese soil Beck. All right. Yeah, I assume that's what they'll do. They'll meet on Chinese soil. Um, and when that happens, when the announcement is, uh, well, we're going to meet here at this place, then you'll know O'Reilly was 100% right about everything he said on March 9th. <laughs> that will be your signal. Even Stu will get it. Okay? Wow. Oh, that's right. <laughs> meeting in China. So here's the, here's the important parts of this, I think. Yes. Uh, first of all, I don't believe that Kim Jong-un is going to denuclearize uh, North Korea. Um, okay. I think that um, uh, North Korea, as always, it, it will use this to their advantage. This is a giant PR move from them. The president of the United States coming to meet with North Korea, that's a huge win for Kim Jong-un. He's now at the table with the president. And I'm not, I'm, I, you know, I don't really care about looks, quite honestly, is if we can get things done. I don't care um, how it. You know, we ask Tell you to turn to stop yourself. Calling. We tell we, we ask people to turn off their cell phones. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I have <laughs> okay, so, so much communication. That was a call from Beijing, by the way. All right, okay. So, uh, uh, so they're they're going to. He's going to use this as propaganda. He's been on this propaganda campaign since you yeah. know the the uh, the Olympics, um, and so I don't think we're actually going to get anything. We have to just we got to try it. And I applaud President Trump for getting this part, uh, getting this far. I, I'm pretty sure he's not naive on what this, you know, what North Korea but is Trump and what they're going to do. Did, no, 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 no. Number one, uh, North Korea has got to behave for six months. All right. That's number one. They, got, they can't fire any missiles. Uh, they can't. They've got to behave. All right. Number two, Trump's already won. It's already a victory for Trump. Yes. Because the headline in most of the media, but that will quickly change because of what I said in the beginning of this conversation. It's going to quickly change. So Trump's already won. You know, he looks like, okay, I'm a hard ass, uh, sorry, I'm a hard guy. <laughs> um, and uh, they're folding. Yes. Uh, the North Koreans, look, that's how the administration's spinning it. All right? If you want to watch Trump spin, you go to Fox News. And, and what they're spinning on Fox, not, not the anchors, but the guests, is, see, we told you, Trump's such a hard guy that, that Kim has to come to the table. That's the spin coming out of the administration. So Trump's already won. He's a tough guy. Agree. All right? I agree. And, and so most of this stuff that happens, not only in the Trump administration, but the Obama administration, every administration, all right, with the exception of Bush the Younger, fascinating, he never even bothered to play these games, Bush the Younger. Um, is is perception, but it's not reality. So we don't know what Kim Jong-un are going to do, but you're right, we have to assume he's not going to do anything. He's going to continue to develop whatever he wants to develop over there rather than trying to feed his people. He's got big problems, Beck. I mean, he doesn't have anything to oh, eat over there. I know, I know, I know. So and if so, the Chinese so, decide to actively undermine him, which I'm sure was the threat, mm -hmm. the Chinese secret police... Um, 
actively undermine him, you know, his head will be on a stick in two months. So that's what's going on. So let me let me kind of switch gears and go to trade because you're tr- you're tying this into trade. Yes, and I think there's I think there's a good chance that you're right on that. No, However, it's a tremendous <laughs> chance. hundred percent, right? Bill? It's a hundred percent. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so uh, I think there is a good chance that that is is tied into this. Uh, however, uh, trade wars are very bad. The the strong arm threats. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Um, but you got to remember Smoot Holly. I mean, every time this is tried, it fails miserably. Hurts the average worker. Hurts the economy all around the world. It can it can cause just just wreaks havoc. Um, if it's a threat, that's one thing. Uh, and if he is threatening these things and saying, "Well, you got to come to the table," okay, that's that's one way to deal with it, and you can respect that. Uh, however, you you seem to believe that these are not going to go through. Okay, first of all, Smoot Harley is one of my favorite country singers. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to see his show this summer. Right. The guy is just off the chart. Right. Second of all, all right. It's two guys, Beck, two guys. Beck. Yes. Beck. <laughs> this is so ridiculous. Trump follows a playbook. A hundred percent of his reelection potential lies with Jobs and increasing wages for American workers. 100%. He will not be reelected unless that is really going up. So, a trade war, that's not going to happen. What's going to happen is a bunch of little, I'm going to do this, you're not going to ship this, I'm going to do that. But in the end, it's going to stay the same. However, he'll come up with a couple of deals. NAFTA be renegotiated. He'll get a better deal with Sweden. We'll get more, uh, you know, uh, reindeer hides at cheaper price. I don't know. <laughs> uh, he'll make a bunch of little deals. He'll go, wow, look at the deal I made. I'm the greatest deal maker. But there's not going to be any trade war back. Because he can't get reelected unless all then the why, cylinders of the economy are, are buzzing. Why do the people around him, including his economic advisor, walk this week and say, I can't be a part of this? Is he not telling? Uh, because, uh, now, that's an excellent question. All right. So Okay. So then wait, 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 really no, about... wait, wait, wait. Okay. Let me bask in that for a second. Take a break. Let's just leave it with Bill O'Reilly saying that's excellent. That's an excellent question. We're going to take a quick break, then we'll come back with his mediocre answer. Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com. Can you imagine taking a car on a 100-day test drive or getting a pair of new shoes uh, and having 100 days to walk around and see how comfortable they are? That's what Casper is doing with their mattress. The 100 nights to test a Casper mattress in your own home with their 100-night sleep challenge. 100 nights. I will tell you, I had this mattress in my home. The first night or two I slept on it, I was like, I, I would not have picked it out in a store. I wouldn't have picked it out in a store. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Within a week, I was sleeping like a baby. Love it. Casper knows that, you know, you can go to a store and you can try it out with your clothes on and your shoes and roll around on 10 different mattresses, and it's not going to tell you anything. The best way to do it is to have it and actually sleep on it for 100 nights. It ships free right to your door. If you don't love it, I mean, not you know, I'm not sure. 
don't if you don't love it, return it. And they come and pick it up and they do all of the work and they refund every single dime. When the choice is to test a mattress by sleeping on it for 100 nights in your own home or flop around on a few mattresses in a store, I think it's pretty easy. Take the 100 night sleep challenge. 100 nights right now. Casper.com. Use the promo code Beck. Promo code Beck at Casper.com. That'll save you 50 bucks on select mattresses. Casper.com. Promo code Beck. Terms and conditions to apply. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. Bill O'Reilly. Yes, Beck. It was a great question, wasn't it? It was. And I have to say, I don't know why Cohn left. Um, But it wasn't solely over a tariff threat. I mean, maybe he wanted uh, to make more money. I have no idea. I really don't know. What, but I do know Donald Trump. And what, what happens with him as a person is very instructive to all of personnel decisions. Um, Trump has a very short concentration span. Okay? Now, that can be good in the sense that he doesn't waste a lot of time like Barack Obama did in endless meetings that go nowhere. But he tires of, of things, and folks, too. He gets tired of it. And then he kind of loses interest. And, and a lot of times when personnel decisions are made, he's kind of lost interest in the, in the uh, person. Here's a good example. I mean, uh, I have said for uh, months that Jeff Sessions is going to be out yeah. as attorney general. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because Trump just lost interest in him when he recused himself from the Russia investigation. He was no longer useful to Trump. Mm. That makes sense to yeah, you? Yeah. yeah. Okay. But now Sessions went out to California and laid down the gauntlet on Sanctuary City. So Trump is re-engaged with Sessions. And then the next day, Sessions says, you know what? I may appoint a special counsel to look into the dossier FISA stuff. Aha! Now Trump likes him. So this is the way things go. And you never know, you know, a guy like Aaron Cohen, the economic advisor, there, there are millions of other things. I'm reading a headline in my hometown newspaper, Newsday on Long Island. Trump misstep on world trade, tariffs risk a massive loss of U.S. jobs. This is the headline. Mm-hmm. These morons who run this newspaper don't know anything. Trump would never risk a, quote, massive loss of U.S. jobs for anything. Wait, 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 wait. Unless he believes it, everything in his life has led to uh, has led people to believe that he believes that the one thing that I think he truly believes in because it's been consistent his entire life is he believes in trade barriers and trade wars. No, but you're wrong. You're reading it wrong. He doesn't believe in that. He doesn't care about that. He believes in nationalism. Nationalism. Which is not necessarily so if he thinks <laughs> that if he thinks that his bluster about tariffs going to create jobs in the steel and aluminum industries, which he does believe, then he's going to do it. But it won't. But Okay, maybe it won't. And if it doesn't, number one, I don't even think we're going to get there because I think he's going to make his little deals and declare victory. Okay, that'd be okay. great. That'd be great. You know, look, if you think that Donald Trump studied uh, the tariff situation prior to the Civil War of this United States and then made decisions based on uh, how tariffs have worked over the, uh, 
over the country's uh, existence. You're crazy. Yeah, no, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. You know, he doesn't. Yeah. He, he's, a, he's a gut fighter, all right? His gut tells him, and that's why he's doing it. But as soon as it doesn't work, then he pulls it back. Would Bill O'Reilly have had uh, Nunberg on this week? No. You know, and I said on BillOReilly.com that it was a tough decision. And I said, you know, I might have had him on if I had him on first. All right, that was my analysis. If they offered me Nunberg first and he hadn't been on the other cable shows, sure, I'd take him. And you would have taken him as well, yes, right? Yes, But as soon as I saw that he was inebriated or whatever he was, then I wouldn't do it. And I think you would have made the same decision, correct? Yes. Yeah, the first time you would take it. Uh, but, right. but by the time he had done three shows in your building, I mean, you know, geez, Bill, I know where the bar is across from uh, CNN. Yeah, he's been <laughs> time in it. Right. And he spent time there. And so is everybody else at CNN. So, uh, you know, you, you eventually say, wait, there, there's nothing. We're watching a guy just destroy himself. He's, right. by the way, and testifying then- today. What do you want to be a part of? But I just loved Aaron Burnett, Aaron Bay. You know, I, I think I smell alcohol in your breath. Are you, are you drunk? But she didn't go, are you drunk? Are you inebriated here? I think I smell alcohol in your breath. You know, it's such a mealy mouth. You know, just say what you want, madam. Will you? you think he's drunk? Tell the audience he's drunk. It's your program. You have a responsibility to do it. Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com. More in a minute. Glenn Beck, Mercury. This is the Glenn Beck program. Let's uh, let's go back to Bill O'Reilly. Bill, I don't know. There, there's a nomination now for the EEOC uh, chair that uh, happened in December, and nobody is paying attention to. And the Senate is not standing uh, against this. It's a um, it's a a, a radical uh, LGBT activist that uh, the president has appointed and the Senate may approve. And we just went through some of some of her statements. And I just want to give you a couple of these and get your comments when it comes to sexual orientation and religious freedom. When they come into conflict, she has said, quote, I am having a hard time coming up with any case in which religious liberty should win. Sexual liberty should win in most cases. There can be a conflict between religious liberty and sexual liberty, but in almost all cases, sexual liberty should win because that's the only way the dignity of gay people can be affirmed in any realistic manner. She said, we simply should not tolerate any private beliefs about sexual orientation and and gender identity that adversely affect the ability of LGBT people to live in the world. I have all the sympathy for the evangelical Christian couple who may wish to run a bed and breakfast from which they can exclude unmarried straight couples and gay couples. But this is a point where I believe there is zero sum nature in the game of uh, inevitab- inevitability. Making a decision in this zero sum game, I am convinced so- society needs to come down on protecting the liberty of LGBT people. Um, there um, we need a law that permits no individual exceptions based on religious beliefs so that means that any kind of uh, access to anyone's business 
has to be accepted by uh, every person in the United States. Well, you know, it's fascism, what is what it is. But here's the big picture on this. And I know you didn't see this, because if you had, you would have mentioned it right off the top. This week on BillOReilly.com, we did an investigative report. And the investigation that we did was on the leaders of the Women's March movement. I did see that it. That is tied in very heavily with what you just said. Yes. The LGBTs. Okay? The three top leaders of the Women's March movement. Guess who their best friend is, Beck? Louis Farrakhan. You bet. Did you do this earlier this week? Yes. Okay, good. Yes. I'm glad. Thank God there's somebody in this country on this. So, you've got this women's march, women's movement, Me Too, Time's Up, all of this stuff. And they're presenting it themselves as women empowerment. And this woman, this EEOC uh, chair, uh, proposed chair, is presenting herself as um, alternative lifestyle empowerment. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're, we want freedom for these people, these oppressed women, these oppressed gays, whatever it may be. It's what we want. That's the presentation that the media has put forth to the American people. It's not true. These are pressure organizations designed to tear down the traditional fabric of America. So how can you justify, if you're the leader of the Women's uh, March movement, which came out of that that march right after uh, Trump was inaugurated, Mm -hmm. it's now an organization, Mm -hmm. Women's March movement. If you're posing for pictures with the most vicious anti-Semite in the country, what does that say about the Women's March movement's tolerance of Jewish Americans or Mm -hmm. Jews all over the world? Mm -hmm. What does it say? It says they're not worthy of tolerance, does it not? So the Jews are not worthy of tolerance. Because Louis Farrakhan can go out and say, the Jews are the worst people on earth. I mean, he actually says we want to kill white people. Well, the whites are devils. And it's not that those right, three were right, just right. So, not just so having their picture taken. They were at pe- the latest meeting where he was giving his speech. They were sitting there in the front. And, they, and after the speech, they posed for pictures yes. and put it on their Facebook accounts. Yes. Yes. Okay? So there's no tolerance for white people or Jewish people, all right? But there's this giant tolerance for women, but not all women. If you're a pro-life woman, you can't march with them. So this is just another example of this uh, stealth fascism, all right? that has been misrepresented to the American people by the New York Times and the Washington Post. You see this in their newspapers? Okay? They know what's going on. How could you not know? It's on Facebook. They're proud of it. So this is the stuff that that drives me nuts, and I want everybody to go to BillOReilly.com. We've got my commentary posted, all the facts, pictures of these women, what these women have said. So don't give me any, any of this, I want freedom for this group, and this freedom should override everybody else's religious rights. They destroy religion if they could, Beck, you know that. 
That's one of the big tenets of the radical left. So Get religion out. So here is here is the here was the fear of of some people um, uh, that were conservative on Donald Trump. The fear was that uh, he would uh, do some things uh, like civil asset forfeiture, which which uh, just happened with Jeff Sessions in an amazing press conference um, uh, and violate the Constitution, that he would appoint people like this uh, person. Her name is Chai Feldblum. Uh, she's a radical LGBT activist it go, it being appointed to the chair of the EEOC. And the Republicans are not standing up in the Senate. There's a few, but they're using their body to block it. But there's no one coming to the rescue and nobody is standing up against this. Because and this they're is, afraid. Well, they're, of, they're afraid because they're going to be demonized in all the left wing media if they do, if they oppose. If, be demonized, but if be, they don't oppose, it is the First Amendment. It's the First Amendment. Yeah, but that, I don't think this woman will get through. By the way, I do. If the you people don't stand up, if the people don't stand up, they will. I mean, look, Donald Trump listens to the voters, and and the Senate—they're nothing but spineless worms, uh, with it, with few exceptions. Uh, and uh, if the people stand up. They will reject her. There's no place for the conservatives to go, uh, you know, in the Senate. If you're GOP, you would never you would have been ringing the bell like crazy. If Obama would have done this, we would have been crazy. So the minute people find out about this, they'll stand up and the GOP will fold. But if the people don't know about this and don't stand up, she'll go right through. Well, it's a it's a good point because you're not getting any. Uh, I didn't even know it yeah, know about it i know all right i, know. I mean I'm, I'm doing other stuff i, I can't know. know about everything um i just found out it, about it yesterday the way to sell this if you're going to try to sell it is in a bigger bigger area not just this woman okay that look religion's under siege this this is what you know the jewish religion is attacked every day by louis farrakhan all right the jewish religion and the ones that are helping him are in charge of the women's radical movement now. And they don't say they're radicals. They just say, oh, the women's movement, here we are. Me, you know. And we tied it in to the Me Too stuff. They're buddies with the women's march movement. They're pals. They appeared yeah. on The View together. And they're running the, the, the gun thing for the students. Right. They're involved in everything. And if you oppose them, believe me, you're going to be accused of misconduct. Believe me. And that's why the politicians don't. Because they know if you come out and you oppose the women's groups, they're going to come after you. And what happens? Just the allegations of conviction, right? That's why they have attained tremendous power over the last year because men are scared to death about any of this stuff and that's why you're not seeing opposition publicly against this woman you mentioned bill o'reilly thanks for all of your hard work thanks for uh, standing in speaking out and uh, thanks brilliance for uh, do i hear the word brilliance um, uh, 
<laughs> yeah, when you mentioned it about my questions, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, okay. All right. <laughs> I will say, Bill, I'm, I'm a tad concerned about yes. you, that you may be a little congested. Do you have the sniffles right I, now? I was down in Florida, and, and they have the worst allergy season there ever, and I got uh, little allergies. Oh, okay. But unlike Beck, I, I, I don't stay home and <laughs> in my jammies. I'm, uh, I'm here and I'm working. You do, you I'm do lucky. your show every day from your home. I know. and I No, no, no. We're in the studio sometimes. sometimes. You guys got to look. I want you guys to make it a mission this weekend to go to BillOReilly.com. We have so much good stuff and breaking stuff this I've week. I've seen it, Bill. I've seen it. Isn't I it really I'm, good, a, though, I'm a subscriber. I don't think you're a subscriber of mine, but I'm a subscriber no, of yours. No, no, no. I have somebody watching you all the time, Beck. Yeah, no, on a, every, probably on a free ride. Do. Probably on a free ride. That's probably what it is. Uh, coming out of Bill O'Reilly's <laughs> bank account. Uh, <laughs> right. Bill, God bless. Thanks, man. All have right, a good thanks weekend. Thanks for having me in, guys. You bet. Have a good weekend. Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com. Hiring? Looking for somebody great? And how do you find them? How do you find them? I mean, you can go up and then you just hope that the right person sees it. I've been trying to replace Stu for how long, Stu? Uh, a, a long time. 89? Eight, I mean, I mean, uh, 99? Something like that. Yeah, I think so. You really should try a zip recruiter for that. Because you should? could actually find somebody qualified for the job. Really? Which is very, I mean... They could, they, yeah, but I gotta they, just post it, and I gotta post to a hundred different sites. No, no, no. And, they'll do it all at once for you. And actually, their interface is gonna get you people who are the most qualified quickly. Most people get uh, a job applicant within like a day or two. Really, like, a qualified job applicant right away. Yeah, but uh, what if the the people that are you know that are really qualified, somebody who's you know. Oh, somebody's worked, you know, somebody who actually deserved their job. Well, you don't uh, really need that in this situation. I mean, you really, really just need somebody mediocre. Really? Um, but uh, well, you could, you could, could definitely find a little higher. You could, and yeah. you could get that from ZipRecruiter. Right. And okay. I really want to leave. So really? you should do this immediately. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. ZipRecruiter actually goes out and finds the people. They learn what you're looking for, and then they go out and find it. And then just so you don't miss it, when they come in, they highlight all of the people that they're like, this is exceptional. This person is far better than Stu, and they're on life support. Uh, anyway, uh, 80% of employers do find the right person within the first day. A qualified 80%. candidate comes 80%. The first day, ZipRecruiter. They're going to find a great match. Try it for free right now. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. Welcome back to the program. Still a ton to talk about. Uh, and uh, But before we move on, uh, just a, a question about North Korea that I think is important because I, I think they're going through a... Uh, I, I think we have to be really careful, and I applaud the president for the way he's handled North Korea, and this could be a very big win, but they are on a publicity tour right now and they're trying to polish up their their interest and uh the president going to meet with kim jong-un is a very big deal for kim yeah it's true and i thought about this as we were discussing you know because i had the same reaction the same reaction of wow great i mean look i am very skeptical whether we're actually going to solve anything here but hey great we've got a chance to solve it and why not take that chance? Right. And I caught myself as I was saying that uh, in my head, 
and reminded myself about a CNN debate in 2008 in which uh, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton were debating. And Barack Obama brought up the point that he would go and meet with dictators because why not negotiate? Why not take a chance? We don't know if we'll get anything, but why not take a chance? And he was absolutely destroyed for suggesting it because by I, not only Hillary Clinton, but also conservatives. Right. I, I think there's a difference, though, between that. And I could be wrong. Maybe I'm just, you know, maybe I'm just fooling myself. Yeah. But I think there's a difference. When he was talking about that, he was talking about North Korea, but it wasn't at a critical point. He was talking about Iran, who we're not negotiating with Iran. And he talked about Cuba. Mm-hmm. Why would we sit down with Cuba? There's nothing to negotiate here. No. Um, so he was giving it was yeah. almost as if he was giving away power uh, and he was he was trying to prop these nations up. That's different than North Korea. Uh, the, yeah, because the criticism was don't elevate these guys. Correct. And I don't think that there is a I mean, I'm willing to say that it's possible that my old opinion is the wrong one here. Like, I think it's possible that maybe I gave Barack Obama too hard a time on that point in retrospect. I don't think so. Uh, I think it's possible because, again, why if I what I'm saying with Trump is, look, take a shot at it. If you're going to meet with a guy, take a shot at it. See what happens. If you know, maybe he does get a propaganda win out of it, but whatever. Right. And I think the same thing. Now, I might you might say, well, I think Barack Obama would fail and Trump will succeed. And that's a fair point. However, that was not the criticism at the time. It was not that Barack Obama can't do this. It was no president should ever meet with one of these guys because it elevates these hermit kingdoms into first world nations. It, it, it gives them a propaganda win. It tells his people who are slaves that their leader is so great he can demand the attention of the United States and 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 have them begging at his. Yeah, at his I think his that's feet. a real problem inside North Korea. I think the difference here is the North Korea. We are at a critical position. We're at a critical juncture here. That uh, the uh, you know the, the, this is a crazy hermit kingdom that has nuclear weapons. Now I don't believe they're ever going to. They'll lie. I don't believe that. But if there is a chance to de-escalate and denuclearize, I don't mind if the president goes to meet with him. I don't like it. They were testing weapons back then, too. I know. I know. I know. I mean, mean, Iran was just as clear a danger then as it is now. I don't believe them. And I would never put the president uh, in a room with Kim Jong-un until it was absolutely done and verified. But I I mean, what are you going to do? Glenn. Back, Mercury. Love, courage, truth. Glenn Beck. Okay, I'm going to tell you the truth on something, but you're not going to hear this from the media and you're not going to hear this from governments because what are you going to do about it? But I want you to understand clearly what has happened in England this week. There was a chemical weapon unleashed in London this week. 21 people were hospitalized after being exposed to an unspecified nerve agent. That's like VX gas. Three of the victims are still in the hospital. Two are still in critical condition, and one, a police officer, is expected to pull through. One of the victims in critical condition reveals what this attack was all about and who may be responsible. But let me back up a bit. 
At the very end of the Cold War, up until the end of the early 2000s, Sergei uh, Skripal was a, uh, a Russian intelligence officer, and he was serving two masters. The Russians thought he was a loyal undercover operative spying on the British, but he was a double agent. What he was really doing was leaking information to MI6, British intelligence. Well, Russia caught on to this treason in 2004, and they put him in prison for seven years. And then he was uh, transferred. He was traded in a high-profile spy trade. Everything seemed fine until four days ago. Sergei and his daughter were found unconscious in a park on a bench. And they were victims of an unprecedented assassination on British soil. Scotland Yard now has has stunningly revealed that the poison that was used in the attack was a nerve agent like VX gas. That means that a nation state was most probably behind this. Now, which nation state do you think was behind this? The entire world knows who ordered this assassination. This assassination was, was ordered by Vladimir Putin but Russia has fallen in line with their usual playbook. Deny, deny, deny. Now, it's ridiculous. Everybody knows. This is, this is insanity. Not only does Russia have the only clear motive, but they also are the only country with stockpiles of chemical weapons that could have pulled something like this off. It's not like you can pick up sarin or VX gas down at the local 7-Eleven or, you know, whatever it is, the... The 412 in London, you're not picking it up there. How did you even get it into the country? The British know who did this. We know who did this. And of course, Vladimir Putin's Russia knows who did this. And we do deeply care. We, we do deeply care about knowing who did it, but we cannot say it. What? Why? Think of the ramifications of what might happen next. What if the UK, what, what does the UK do if they find definitive proof that it traces back to the Kremlin and Vladimir Putin? Definitive proof, and it gets out into the public that sarin or VX gas was used on their soil and it, it poisoned 21 people. This is way beyond an attempted assassination of a Russian traitor. 21 UK citizens are hospitalized because of a chemical weapon attack. There's no other way to describe this. That's what this was. A chemical weapon attack, a terrorist attack on, a U on UK soil, possibly carried out by a foreign government, the Russians. The only way to classify this is as an act of war. Russian aggression has reached near suicidal activity. But are you going to announce that? Are you going to say to the people, yeah, we've got proof this was Russian? Because what are your options then? That's an act of war. The world is on the brink. Where this goes from here is anyone's guess. Pray for our presidents. Pray for the prime ministers of of Western countries, because they all have their back against the wall. It all comes down whether the British can prove who is ultimately culpable, and then if 
they want to do anything about it or can do anything about it. The seriousness of this attack, knowing the global ramifications if Russia is publicly outed, I have to admit, for the first time, we might be better off never finding out the truth. It's Friday, March 9th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Do you want to be the president of the United States today? No. Can you imagine that? No. I mean, think of this, just think of this Kim Jong-un thing, okay? You don't want to go to Kim Jong-un and be lied to and be a dupe. And that's what's happened to every president. Every president. Well, no, okay. the other presidents haven't gone to him. No, 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 but, but they've yeah. all made deals with him, mm-hmm. okay? And it's the same story over and over again. Now you're going to go to him. You don't want to be made uh, a fool. Um, you, you also don't want to elevate him in the eyes of the world. But he is the first guy to become a real, true, credible threat to the entire world uh, in, a, in a hermit state that's on the verge of collapse. He did, with the visit of the president, elevate him or did his nuclear weapons on the the tips of missiles elevate him this is why you don't give them up once you have them right only one country in history ever has yeah um and South this is South why Africa. the pre- this is the only reason why the president of the united states would consider going over and meeting with him because he is a threat to the entire world it's a wonderful lesson if you get them don't give them up because once you be once you have them you better keep them forever because you really do get elevated to first world status once you have them so you're the president of the united states I think I say at this time, I'll consider going, but there's, con- but there's conditions, and then I make those conditions so rough that, uh, you know, but reasonable, uh, that, you know, you get a massive win out of it. I still don't believe it, but, I mean, you know, you go, we met, you know, Gorbachev and, and Reagan Khrushchev and yeah, JFK. These are, these are first world nations you're talking about here. This is they not were, North We Korea. were only meeting with them because they had nuclear weapons and could destroy us. That's why. I mean, that's but what I, you know, you big, you know, global powers like that. We meet with all the time. Um, and a lot of them are really bad guys. We have no, no president has met with, I mean, Carter went over there, right. in in 1994, after he was out of office and hugged him and hugged him. Um, but with that, we have not dealt with them this way. So it is a big change in policy. I'm not saying it's the wrong change in policy. It might be the right one. I mean, you know, there's a legitimate thought here by me that as I'm looking over this is that, you know, I was very critical of Obama, at least if, as I remember it, critical of Obama for saying he would meet with dictators during a CNN debate in 2008 with Hillary Clinton. And Clinton so was, was critical of him for that. And so was everybody yeah. on the right. I mean, yeah, he, got, I he got hammered for that. Mm-hmm. And... Probably a good chunk of the reason why he didn't wind up doing it at all is because every time it was talked about, he was hammered for it by almost everybody. Um, now, Trump uh, is going to go do this. And when he when it was announced yesterday, my initial reaction was, this is great. I mean, I, I'm skeptical. I don't necessarily believe anything's going to come of it. But hey, why not take a shot? This is a serious situation. I'd love to, to, to you know, de-emphasize his ability to be able to kill a bunch of people you know i I think it's a great thing um you know diplomacy you know i don't always believe it's going to be successful but why not give it a shot yeah right 
that should not should we not have given the same treatment to Barack Obama in 2008? So I may I make a case that you're confusing the issues. Okay. Okay. Um, first of all, at the time, North Korea did not have nuclear-tipped missiles. Did not that, that had long range. They've certainly improved their capability, but yeah, their no, first no, no, no. test was way before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's right? not like, but it is not like it is now. They've they've no, gone they've over. Improved, certainly improved. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, they. I mean, they can hit the mainland of America now. Okay, at, le- at least they can hit U.S. You know, yeah, territories. It, yeah, they can hit territories Guam, for sure. Yeah, we think that they can now hit the United States. One way or another, they could they could cause massive, massive casualties. Uh, that in you know 1994 or in 2008, remember we were talking about North Korea, and we were talking about um, uh, Iran at the time, saying these guys are going to become our worst nightmare for the world because once they have nuclear-tipped missiles, it's done. Okay, they will be players whether you like it or not. So I was trying to convince the American people that. We need to do something under George W. Bush. We need to do something right now, seriously, about those two nations. Even back to Clinton, you yeah, were on that. Yeah. So we we've never done it, and I said you're gonna you're gonna pass the point of no return at some point, and then you'll have no good options on the table. When Barack Obama said that, we were not at the no good options on the table point yet. Okay. Um, we still are not at the no good options in with Iran. But we are now with North Korea. We're in no good option territory. That's that's past president's fault. When Barack Obama said, I'll go meet with them. He's Donald Trump is not saying I'll go meet with Cuba and the new dictator down in Venezuela. And I'm going to go meet and do a do a tour, a dictator tour. I, I would argue he has said that. You know, uh, I mean, who the hell cares? I'll Let speak me... to anybody. Who knows? Yeah, that was his quote about about dictators around the world. Whether he should talk to him, who the hell cares? I'll speak to anybody. Who knows? Maybe that, there's a ten or twenty percent chance is, I can do something. But there is a difference, I think, in the minds of at least conservatives with Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. Do yeah, you remember definitely. when Barack Obama went to meet with Hugo Chavez? That was a PR move by Hugo Chavez, pure and simple. And was that wasn't no, a meeting between them. They were at a, an yeah, event where but, they were both at. And Hugo Chavez yep. got up, gave, gave the, the president book. a book. Yeah. The, the president accepted it, posed with it. I mean, it was there were sympathies there. Mm-hmm. Okay, with, with Fidel, there was sympathies there. With the Middle East, there was sympathies there. Mm-hmm. I don't think that Donald Trump has sympathies for any of those people. He, I, is, he is looking for... A better, safer deal for America. And so I think that is a big distinction in the minds of conservatives, at least for me. I think that is a big distinction. You're right. That was not the criticism at the time. The criticism at the time was not, hey, Barack Obama is not going to be successful. He had, we, we don't think he's going to go do a good job in these negotiations. The distinction was, and this because this also came from other people who had uh, inclinations to like uh, socialist countries like Hillary Clinton, right? This was not just a conservative criticism. The criticism was the United States does not lower itself. The presidency does not lower itself to go okay. and talk to dictators from hermit kingdoms. I agree do. with that at the time. And if Donald Trump was saying, I'm going to go to these hermit kingdoms and I'm going to meet with them, I would be saying the same thing today. 
But this particular hermit kingdom Mm -hmm. has now elevated itself to a nuclear power, to one that has power in 2008, not in the same way. Well, not exactly the the same way. I mean, the world is different circumstances every time. The world is is in a different place now with a guy who could blow up good portions of the world. He could take he could take out not just South Korea, which he could have done then, but 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 also Japan. We now know his coordination of the missiles is strong enough powerful enough he could take out hawaii he took could take out guam he could take out uh, los angeles california we think the other ones we're pretty sure of that's different than it was in 2008 and Mm -hmm. hang on Mm -hmm. it was isolated this is isolated this isn't a global tour of dictators this is one guy because of this situation has changed i'm gonna go meet with him because there's a chance, I, 20% chance I could change it by meeting it. I'm not sympathetic to him, his cause, yeah. or anything else. I'm rolling the dice. I think that's massively different. Uh, it, you know, first of all, Trump has talked about other, talking to other dictators. So it's not, I mean, but this is only one he's actually done. Remember, Obama didn't actually wind up doing this. But the policy of not talking that Obama executed in 2008 through, two, or 2009 through 2016 is what led to the escalation to where you're now saying it's necessary. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not just that, but if he had talked in 2009, would we have had a different outcome? I personally, because I doubt Barack Obama, don't believe it. But as a policy, is it worth changing and rethinking that? And I'm saying, again, for anyone who's thinking I'm being critical of Trump, I'm saying t- switch to the Trump philosophy. I'm saying the U.S. philosophy has been different this whole time. Do we consider saying, you know what, maybe we do engage these guys more one-on-one. Maybe there is at least a chance. As This is Trump's point here. When he was asked about this during the campaign, so this is before he was president, before the tough, tough talk, because that's another distinction, but this is before he was president. Who the hell cares? I'll speak to anybody. Who knows? There's a 10 or 20% chance that I can talk him out of all those damn nukes because who the hell wants him to have nukes? And there's a chance. Okay. Well, why not? Maybe because that's the de- right philosophy. Well, no, wait. It depends. It has to be a combination. The, the only reason why he's coming to the table is because finally the United States under Donald Trump got tough. And that's something I've been saying since the 90s. You must cripple these and people. You've got to be you have to mm-hmm. be so painful that they're completely isolated. You make their eyes bleed. Well, Donald Trump has done that. So now you can go into talk because we have their attention. And they know we're serious going over to somebody today when there's no real sanctions, no real pain and talking. Nope. Not interested. Not interested. You want me to make the pain stop because I can make it worse for you or I can make it better. I'll I'll talk to you now. The only thing I would say is that we have had tough talk times with them. They never to the tweeting levels of Donald Trump. Obviously, what has happened is they've been brought to the table, not with the president, but with with other parties and larger discussions. And each time North Korea has done the same thing. They've said, we're going to give you, we'll give you X, Y, and Z. We promise, we promise, we promise. That hasn't happened over the long term, and it's resulted in their nuclear I, I, uh, program. Just so you know, I think the president is right on this, and I think what you're saying is you want to reconsider your old stance. I don't think they're different myself, but um, you want to reconsider your old stance because you think the president may be right. I think we can both agree president should go in wide-eyed and come out wide-eyed yes uh there's i don't believe there's going to be any change from north korea 
uh, uh, and this is a publicity stunt that he will use in his own country and the press will lap up. But we have to be we, we can't be the fools that we have been you know, since the beginning of the nuclear arms race. When an emergency strikes, your first impulse is to run to the store. And I'm not talking about, you know, a nuke. I'm talking about, well, I bet, you know, I bet that would happen, too. I bet if Los Angeles was vaporized today, a lot of people around the country would be like, I got to go to the store and get some milk. (laughs) (laughs) It might be be the ultimate winter. Uh, Anyway, um, you need to be prepared for anything. You need to be prepared for the winter storms that are blowing through. You need to be prepared for a flood or for for whatever, even a job loss. You have to have emergency food. Now, there's a two-week emergency food supply kit. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner for one person for two weeks. It's $67 right now. This is the best way to begin. $67 for two weeks of food. It comes in this, you know, slimline pack that is easy to, you know, just put under the bed if you have to. Uh, but it's easy to store. It lasts forever. It's easy to grab and go. I mean, if you have your, you got to get out of your house right away because there's a flood or whatever. How, how are you going to afford food out how are you going to eat out? I mean, you're worried about where am I going to stay? Don't worry about food. Grab and go. Two-week emergency food supply. One person, two weeks, breakfast, lunch, and dinners, only $67. Order your food kit. It ends this week. Call them now. 800-200-9031. 800-200-9031. Or go online to preparewithglenn.com. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. Welcome to the uh, welcome to the program. We just have some really important issues to <laughs> to decide. Uh, you know, we started with uh, something. I I beg you to call your senator today. Please call the Senate and tell them to stand against the nomination of the new chair for the EEOC is the equal opportunity, uh, uh, equal employment opportunity commission, whatever it is. Um, uh, this woman is a leftist activist who believes that gender identity and sexual freedom is above freedom of religion. She said that there is no way in her mind that she can find a way for sexual liberty and set and gender identification to not trump religious liberty. It, this 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 is a radical that has been nominated and the the GOP in the Senate are going to pass this unless you stand up. Call your senator today. Glenn Beck Mercury. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to Pat Gray, who's joining us today on the program. Great to be here. Is it? Well, yeah, I was telling your phone screener. Yeah. Uh, it's it, Well, it's not my first time. Yeah. Uh, but I'm a long-time listener. Yeah. Uh, and, How many uh, times have you called? 800 and... 
No. <laughs> okay, stop. 9,312. <laughs> oh, right. You were really off that first yeah, time. Yeah, I was just so, underestimated uh, for a minute. Uh, I didn't carry the one. <laughs> so, Pat, what is what is on your mind today? Because there's so many things. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff. I thought because it was Friday, we might check out something kind of fun. Okay. There's a, a log jam of Democrat candidates trying to gain the nomination in Wisconsin for governor. Mm-hmm. And uh, whoever obviously wins will go up against Scott Walker mm-hmm. in the fall, which is a tough task. The guy's done a tremendous job. Yeah. yeah. Unemployment was 8.1% when he came in. It's 3.7% there now. Uh Wages have gone up. Taxes have gone down. It's been a really good run. Anyway, there is a uh, candidate who is a, um, a working mom, and she wants to be governor of, of uh, Wisconsin. And I want to see if you guys can pick out the rather unusual aspect of this particular All right. campaign ad. So I said, well, Wisconsin is going to be the first state to ban BPA in baby bottles and sippy cups. I was putting together my legislative update and I went door to door to hand it out. Approached this one door and even before it opened, it was a summer day and I could like hear the sound of kids. Woman opens the door and I kind of hand her my legislative update and grabs it and like slams the door and like runs back to deal with whatever her kids are yelling about. I'm off to the next house, already up the driveway. And I hear her calling after oh my god and she said i just read that you are working she's breastfeeding no. you picked it out uh, you noticed that yeah, <laughs> yeah. I did and i start to tell her you know bisphenol a is a neurotoxin she said i know i know i know oh. our daughters In had some problems the middle of the, the commercial doctor said that it's because she was exposed to bpa i just find okay. that oh. so bizarre oh god I she can't just said, oh that wasn't planned he just was hungry and yeah. so in the middle of your ad, you didn't stop. You couldn't have taken a minute. No. Nope. Well, that's but that's her issue. Yeah, it's that's it, her issue. I'm sure she's a militant if, breastfeeder. If that is, <laughs> and it's fine. I mean, of course, I am fine with breastfeeding. It's there's nothing wrong with it. No, it's it. great. I'm fine. It's wonderful. It, it, it should. It is. It is the right thing to do with your child. And if you're uncomfortable with it, look, I understand. I, I you know, I, 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 I my grandfather was. He, you know, he he was born in a different era, and he's old school. He was old school, uh, you know. But we're not living in those days anymore, and it's natural and it's right, mm-hmm. and yeah, you know, yeah. all those things, all those things. But that's but just a little bizarre. Isn't we just it? don't need it in a TV we, we commercial. Don't need only, it in a only campaign because, ad. Only because <laughs> that's obviously forced. It's it, obviously forced. It's yes. like don't feed him. We got to yes. get to the TV. Uh, studios to film the commercial don't feed him exactly. he's got to be hungry so calculated uh, so premeditated uh, and is that really that that's the woman running for governor yeah yeah and I that's was... her platform i think she's gonna <laughs> I think breastfeeding in public is her platform i think I, it is i think that's yeah. might... so pandering how could you it fall for pandering. that if you're if you're a mother who is really thinks breastfeeding is important how can you fall for and that? anytime you say anything about breastfeeding moms in public it's you know you're accused of wanting to send them to breastfeeding island or something <laughs> <laughs> i'm the not saying that breastfeeding yes yeah uh, uh but you know there's a certain amount of decorum i think can be employed Right? And she did cover herself. Oh, my oh. gosh. He hates women. Wait, wait, wait. Pat Gray, <laughs> that bastard. That's, that's no, what you're up against but if she you didn't, say anything. She didn't cover herself. It used to be that people well, would her throw her sweater like a- covered her breasts. Oh, I guess the most natural process <laughs> in the world needs to be hidden from you men. Mansplain the breasts to be a little more. <laughs> and yet, if we liked it, 
We would hear about that too. How dare you objectify a breastfeeding woman? It's so true. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of those times you can't say anything. anything But wait, 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 wait. Yes, you can, and we need to. Thank you. Uh, Here's the here's the thing. she didn't. Uh, I want to make sure because if you didn't see it, like obviously you're listening to the radio, so you didn't see it. She did not cover up. She just didn't, you know, pull up her shirt, you know, and be like, "Look at my nipples." Uh, she did it like every mother always does in public that I've ever seen. Yeah, they just, you know, take the baby and they lift up their shirt, and the baby, you know, starts to breastfeed, and their shirt is covering the rest of it. It's, but it used um, to be that you would put a blanket over the baby's head. Yeah, you don't need to do any of that. And it used to be that you'd go maybe to even another room, maybe for privacy How sake. How dare you? How dare you? you? I know. Again, it's a recorded commercial you're yes. taking yeah, yeah, out yeah. when she yeah, yeah, stumbles yeah. over a sentence you're yes. editing out stumbling over a sentence is also natural <laughs> you took all that out it's such a oh god that is i know it, it's just pandering uh, and i will also point out that i know this will not be popular but there is absolutely no science whatsoever that says bpa is dangerous there is not oh, is one, that true? there is not i knew you'd have an issue with that study. too Yes, of course. You know me. <laughs> he probably wants. Stu, he put, you, you want it in, you, in Diet Coke, don't you? You, you want it put yeah, in I, Diet I, yes. Coke. Yes. Yes. Will you? Will you come? Will you come <laughs> over to my house and have dinner with my children? Mm-hmm. Because Hannah is okay. So, so Tim says to me, "This is my daughter, my twenty-something daughter, and her thirty-year-old husband." And uh, uh, he says to me, "I don't know. Do I? Do I stink?" And I said, "What?" <laughs> he said, "Do I stink?" And I said. I don't think so. I'm not going to smell your armpits, but I don't think so. And he said, I'm using a crystal now for deodorant. And I said, what? Is that because of the aluminum? Yeah, because of the mm-hmm. aluminum. Yeah. So so Hannah is making her own deodorant. Uh, <laughs> she's making her she's own? Ma- she's making everything. She's making everything. How now. do you make deodorant? I don't know. I don't care. I bet there's a YouTube uh, video on it. I'm sure there is. But anyway, so she's really actually, she's becoming very responsible and very, uh, I I don't know how to, she's just becoming everything that I thought she hated. You know, I said to her, you know, we have a farm and she, and she was like, I'm, you know, when she was living in the city, I'm New York, I'm going to live. Now I said to her, you're the most likely to say, you know what? Let's just move to the farm. (laughs) Oh, totally. Uh, Because she's, you know, composting and all of this stuff. Wow. But she has asked for two books. She said, I want the books on global warming. I want pro and con. And I said, well, don't read Al Gore's for pro because it's just nonsense. She said, well, that's what everybody would say that I should read. She said, so I want to read that. I said, oh, well, that's one you're going to take. If you'll take that one as a legitimate, take that one. But I need the best books on this. And she's also, she's really well read now on, on all kinds of, you know. The Michael Crichton. All kinds of stuff. Global warming. Oh, that, that was Crichton was But that was really a fiction good. book, though. I mean, right. I mean, but, yeah, but, the, but the facts yeah. are the last, the last quarter of that book was all, was yeah. all the uh-huh. fact, if I, if I remember. That's right. That, mm-hmm. that That's was the one, one that turned me. Yeah. Plus, you get some enjoyment. It's yeah. entertaining. Yeah. I just feel, you know, when you're, we, it, we can go through all the studies. And I, I did a wonderful World of Stew model. So you've actually very specifically topic. talked about B- BPA. Because it's, it's one of those, I have young kids. And every every time you go to every store, they just talk, everything's BPA free. They make a Pretend big deal about it. And you don't know what BPA is. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> it's well, it's famous for being it, in. It's a, it's a, it's an it's organic a, slash synthetic uh, compound. Compound in plastics. In plastic. Yeah. Now, of course, it's one of many. You can find it in not just baby bottles, but. Uh, all sorts of products from okay. uh, food okay. containers, okay. aluminum cans. Napkin. Okay, I got it, I got it, I got it. I remember now. I I thought this was what they were feeding. No. You know, it was in the breast, you know, the, the fake breast milk. Mm-hmm. And no. th- when you described no. it as a plastic, I'm like, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that would be bad. <laughs> I got it now. I remember now. Okay, okay go yeah. ahead. So, I mean, I, you know, they've tested this up to a thousand times what the average person would consume in a day. Because it's in a lot of products, and it's one of those, it's the typical thing. It's the typical thing. Every single substance on Earth at some level is a toxin. Water is a toxin at some level. Mm-hmm. People have died from having too much water. Yes. However, no one has ever died from having too much BPA. Because even at a, th- they can't even find the level. Really? In which, in tests of which, uh, whether it be- becomes to- uh, a toxin. And she worked and, to wow. get it banned in Wisconsin, uh, but, but, and it worked. Because it's a feel-good thing. You know how, like, hmm. we have this situation here where, wow. how, what does every liberal say about Europe? Oh, they ban the things in Europe. In Europe, they do it right. They Here, we have all these toxins. And over there, they ban all of the, uh, they ban all these bad substances. Uh, the European Food Safety Authority, they did a study on BPA. Quote, it concludes that BPA poses no health risk to consumers of any age group, including unborn children, which is a surprise because I thought those weren't people, but including (laughs) unborn children, infants and adolescents at current exposure levels. Again, at some level, that's something else. More than a thousand times what you could get in a normal day, because you know it's more than a thousand because that's as high as they went. Should I listen to you? Because I remember an episode where you drank weed killer. Yes, and am I dead? (laughs) No, I did not drink weed killer. No, but it could have affected your judgment. That's why you're telling us to (laughs) adjust BPA. Yeah, you drank Roundup. Roundup, yes. Again, there's no science on that one either, and we can get into that if you want. But it, it was honestly. The worst tasting substance I've ever put in my mouth in my life. It is not designed to be to be in. Speaking of that, didn't you, uh, then didn't you drink the fracking fluid too? Yes, I did oh, drink wow. also fracking fluid uh, because they were saying that fracking <laughs> fluid was so dangerous and it was which was worse. Uh, definitely Roundup. Roundup okay. is not designed to be delicious at all. It seems well, to be I almost the opposite. I, I don't think that the guys who are doing the fracking fuel or <laughs> fluid are like you know what? Pour me a glass of that. I'm really thirsty. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not what it's for at all. Yeah, right. You could at least add some stevia to it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think if you had a little stevia, or if I would say freaking aspartame, that's what I wanted it. You have to come over to my house and talk food with my kids. Oh, a... Pat Gray, by the way, uh, we'll be uh, talking, I think, a little bit about uh, the EEOC head today yes. on uh, Pat Gray Unleashed. You need to really know more important. information. He's got uh, a bunch coming up on Pat Gray Unleashed, including... Uh, on the podcast, which you can get on iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud and all those things. You can get this show on iTunes, too. Yeah, you can. You should also listen to this one. That's probably a good point. We should bring that up occasionally. Tax season is in full swing. Some experts are saying that filing your taxes early prevents identity theft. It doesn't. Uh, The underlying problem exists. If your information is stolen and it is out there, somebody can, can rob you blind one way or another. It's being sold on the dark web. So if your name or your information was part of a breach, and you may not even know, um, don't get too comfortable just because you filed your taxes early. Many threats are out there because we're in an interconnected world now, and it takes one weak link, and criminals have everything. 
LifeLock Identity Theft Protection adds now the power of Norton Security to help you protect against the threats to your identity, but also to your devices that you can't easily see or fix on your own. Now, nobody can stop all cyber threats, prevent all identity theft, or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock, with the new Norton Security, is able to uncover the threats that you might miss. So go to LifeLock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK and use the promo code BACK. Get an extra 10% off your first year. That's promo code BACK. An extra 10% at LifeLock.com, 1-800-LIFELOCK. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. I, I just I I just don't know what to think about a guy who drinks Roundup. I mean, it's not like you're going out and you know, give me a glass of Roundup. But no, I would not drink it. I would not want to drink it again because it tastes and, and, terrible. And you're doing and you've done this because you are trying to prove that these are not what you think they are. Yeah, they're not actually dangerous for human consumption at all, at all. In in. In normal, in normal amounts. In the amounts that you could possibly get. Yeah, you drank a glass of Roundup. Yes. It, it, it would, I don't know. Probably, I mean, you know, that would be like millions of times yeah. of the amount that you'd get over your lifetime. Yeah. Um, as far as consuming yeah. uh, that product. So, yeah, I mean, I probably, there is some level of every substance that will. Including that will, water. Including water. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, you know, I. I wouldn't look forward to looking to drinking Roundup again, but I'd do it. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't. I don't. I think it's important. It's an important thing for people. Natasha, to... get Roundup for Monday show. <laughs> oh, no. All right, go ahead. It's a chemical compound, yes. right? Designed to kill plants. Mm-hmm. However, it doesn't do anything to human beings mm-hmm. because plants are different than human beings. Oh my gosh! Now, you I, species. Now, if I identify as a plant, I might have a problem. That I day, am a fern. But... I am a fern right you now. You are a fern. Oh, I am wow. a fern. You are wearing green. I because that's what ferns do. That's true. So anyway, I think I'm I'm the type that look I've, unless I really have a strong uh, issue, I'm, I'm probably going to go ahead and eat a food if I like it. Right? Mm-hmm. Like this, there's a family in uh, in I think it was Colorado. They uh, they bought a box of Quaker 100% natural granola cereal at Walmart on March 5th. Uh, the family sat down for breakfast, and uh, it, the, it was a little stale. Oh, a little stale. Oh boy! I love this line by uh, by the dad. I just started eating and thinking it just tastes funny. It must be okay. <laughs> that's a good. Uh, that's 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 me. That's me. That's me. It, I, it must, it, sure, it tastes funny, and I'm noticing it's stale. But it must be okay. His wife warned him to stop eating the stale food, but he did, kept going. Went through an entire bowl of Please the... tell me that there isn't a toy surprise of some sort in the box. Oh. <laughs> I don't think it's going to gross you out like that. Okay. They checked the box expiration date. Turns out the cereal expired a little while ago. Really? February 22nd. So it was March 5th. Okay, that's, that's not, not too so long. bad. It shouldn't taste funny. Except it was February 22nd, 1997. Oh my gosh. They just took it off the shelf. Their daughter, who was 11, was not born yet. <laughs> Oh my gosh! How did that even get on the shelf? <laughs> Apparently, I I don't know. I mean, I know when you work in a grocery store, you're rotating. Like the stuff in the back is supposed to come to the front. Maybe no, that just didn't happen no. for that long. For no that long, way. maybe it just stayed in the back and stayed in the back and stayed in the back. And finally, all the other boxes sold, and they just reached in and got the box from 1997. The only other thing I can think of is someone planted it there, right? Someone who hates Walmart just came in and put a box from 1997 wow. in there because I can't imagine. 
there was one hanging out behind the scenes. So have you ever eaten stuff? Have you ever eaten stuff that you're just like, well, you've eaten Roundup. Uh, but stuff where mm-hmm. it's like the expiration date and you're like, you smell it and you're like, well, I think it's okay. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, they, they do say that, you know, the expiration date is really con- like overly uh, so positioned to cover it themselves. So i to three years. Okay. <laughs> Was it frozen? No. 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 It was in a can. You should go to the (laughs) hospital. (laughs) Glenn Beck, Mercury. 